Yes, we are live. Hello, Scott. Hello, Prashant. How are you? I'm doing pretty well and hope you're doing pretty well too. Yes, I am. I am. It's, it's sounding very relaxed. Yes, just yeah. up from a deep power nap that I just had. <laughs> so that's where this uh, sanity and relaxed mm. uh, state of mind comes from. And the dulcet tones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. And I see that you are dressed up for some occasion. And, I am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm off to... So um, we'll, we'll get to hear about that uh, too. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we will. For sure. Uh, awesome. So, Scott, this week I want to share something that I had actually queued it for the previous week. But previous mm-hmm. week we had such a heavy discussion on Gabur Mate and uh, his uh, insights and wisdom on parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that maybe we can keep this for a later day. So um, the thing I'm going to discuss is about this character called Zuko. Now Zuko is a character from a very popular uh, animated series uh, by the name of Avatar The Last Airbender. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've, I have actually. Is it is it a movie or it's a, a series? <clears throat> it's a series. It's a cartoon uh, series or an animated series uh, should yeah. be the right way to put it. Yeah. But with like profound wisdom and many people from the spiritual world have connected with the lessons and stories and wisdom that okay. is uh, hidden inside in layers uh, through these uh, uh, series. So this particular series, the Avatar Last Airbender, is an animated series that is uh, you know, set in the world where certain people are called benders. Now these okay. benders are people who can manipulate uh, the core elements uh, like water, earth, fire and air so it's like it's like their superpowers much before these uh, marvel and superheroes had these yeah. uh, gimmicky powers yeah these uh, were the people uh, who could actually uh, uh, turn the water uh, cut through uh, earth uh, you know uh, generate yeah. uh, fire through their hands and you know swoosh the air uh, yeah, through the power of cool. their mind and yeah. so on so this story um follows this character called Aang, who's the last surviving airbender. And he's also the avatar, who is actually uh, given the task of restoring balance in the world. So in this series, Aang embarks on a journey with his friends, Katara, a waterbender, and Sokka, uh, a non-bender, to master the elements to defeat the uh, much evil fire nation, which is led by a fire lord called Ozai. So along the way, Aang learns about friendship, love, uh, and the responsibilities of being the avatar. So in this series, it explores the themes of uh, you know war, identity, personal growth. And as Aang and, and his uh, companions, they face challenges, they encounter new cultures and confront their own inner struggles. And this is the reason why a lot of people from around the world connect with this uh, particular series because it's Mm -hmm. even though it's more about uh, you know uh, doing a lot of airbending and doing a lot of uh, super mystical stuff Mm, it is a story of inner turmoil so in this within this now since I've told you what the avatar the last airbender series is within this there is a subplot uh, that's happening right so in 
in this avatar series there's zuko and azula they are a brother and sister uh, combo right yeah, yeah. and they have a complex relationship with their father who is the fire lord ozai now fire lord if i uh, if you remember i told you they are the evil kind of uh, mm. set of uh, people who are uh, out in the world to do like really bad things so zuko this character that i'm talking about zuko resents his father due to a clear favoritism towards his sister called Whoa. azula yeah, causing yeah. him to feel neglected and unloved so Oof. azula is a favored child she yep. receives constant praise and attention from her father the favoritism is due to azula's exceptional fire bending skills and her unwavering loyalty to her father which is behind the mask of power so she is doing all this because she wants to be the next fire lord so she is mm. doing everything to please her father to be uh, to be the next in line to take over the throne right okay so yep. fire bending again is a, again is associated with a lot of passion it's associated with power destruction and the fire benders draw their energy from their inner strength and determination and because zuko is depressed and zuko does not find the love from his uh, father he does not find that energy or he does not find that passion and he's never a 100% fire bender he always struggles so yeah. zuko's uh, differences such as struggling with fire bending have a strong sense uh, of repentance and eventually he is left out from the race of being the favorite child and mm. in this entire process uh, azula the sister who's there she also realizes that her father is very conditional with his love for azula even though uh, azula was a better firebender it was very conditional that if she only if she follows certain instructions only if she follows certain uh, guidelines set by mm. the father only yeah only then will she be loved and yeah. only if she is loved she will be next in uh, throne so this is in short uh, you know i've just taken a, a mm. small tidbit from this the conflict between two kids and their father mm. right mm. so mm. here are some questions that uh, i would like to throw to you uh, before uh, you know i can also share some insights is sure. how how can how can i or how can you scott ensure that each of your children because you have got two now right yes. <laughs> so um how can you ensure each of your children feel equally loved and valued without showing favoritism and here's the second question another mm. deep question which is are you aware of any unconditional or unintentional biases or preferences you have towards one child over mm. another and how do you plan to address them so this so this is in short the oh. um uh, you know where where i want to drop the bomb as yeah, they say that's, yeah that's yeah it is a bomb it's a bomb i was thinking about <laughs> louis and and um, louis and violet basically the whole time you're talking about this cuz it's something that i kind of think about daily um particularly as louis is getting older now you know so it's kind of in the back of your mind is to because you know violet sees the the attention that louis gets all the time now so she's trying to put her her best foot forward for want of a better word um 
all the time now to sort of to hey you know bring the attention back to me what about me what about me you know so it's it's really difficult because and it it's it's not a bias towards any one child because yeah they're both different in in so many ways like for instance when when violet was born i just felt this i don't know i just felt an instant connection i just felt this this instant sort of drawing to her um and it was different for louis like i felt i felt mass amounts of love for louis and i felt and and and, and yeah he's my boy he's my child but i kind of felt different this time around for some reason there was more i think my my focus was more on taking care of charlotte and violet and louis here as well you know for some and, and it wasn't like a lesser of anything but it was just different um and so i think it's kind of continued a little bit and you know louis louis a mummy's boy and like they they've kind of got that Charlotte and louis have kind of got that connection that i feel like i have with violet so for some reason there's just some sort of connection that me and me and violet have but as time goes on me and louis are, are strengthening and our bond is strengthening and and the love is only just building and building for this little fella you know it's it's amazing and so you know like as as a parent of of two kids louis he's, he's almost nine months so there, there has to be this protection element involved you know he's still learning to crawl and walk. he's 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 on his on his on his way to walking now so he's he's crawling and doing all those things so you you got to help him out in certain areas and you got to protect him in certain areas and so violet loves him so much but there's also an element of jealousy there um and this element that the attention is being taken away from her now which she just had exclusivity to me and me and um charlotte for four years and now this this little little fella's coming in all smiles and taking all the attention away from everyone so there's little things where you know, she'll play rough with him and whack him on the head or do this this and that and so you got to kind of step in as a parent and do something about that but there's also the other side of it where that could potentially um that could potentially be what's the right word they could just potentially be showing violet that you're, you're giving attention to to louis all the time when it when it's kind of not that way i guess it's it's more of a, out of a protection thing and and more about like a so family what do you do, bond. like say for example if you spend mm. time with louis say uh mm. you have got a cranky louis at hands and yeah. you spend your uh hour hour and a half taking care of him and uh, you know mm. you settle him down and he's happy now and then do you make a conscious effort to go and uh bridge um this uh you know this this slight mm. um what do you say a, a a slight sense of uh loneliness that yeah. uh violet will go through do you consciously yeah. go to her and say that you know what louis louis was uh, you know was cranky as you could see and he needed attention like what do you do do you make a conscious effort or do you wait for her to get back to you saying daddy why aren't you giving me any attention daddy why aren't you available for me mm. what mm. what's your uh, what's your approach so sometimes it's different for every like like every action has a different reaction right so like mm. violet won't come up to us and say hey like you're not giving me attention 
she'll just act out in certain ways. Like she'll go annoy Louis or she'll go annoy someone. So she's got all this <laughs> pent up energy. And so she'll be a little bit destructive. And so that's when you know that she she's vying mm. for attention. And so with Louis, let, let's say if Louis, you know, needing tending to for an hour and a half, she'll come over and she'll do her thing and maybe try and get involved and whack and stuff. And we'll just say, hey, look, Louis needs us for now. We've just got to help him out. He's he's only small. We've just got to help him out. He's not happy at the moment. We'll be with you shortly. Go grab something through my art card or how about you grab a book and we'll come over here and we'll all read together or something mm. like that. But then once Louis, let's say Louis goes to bed, then it's all time for Violet after that. So she has unrestricted access to us when we go to bed. So we're reading books. Mm. She's reading books to us. She's got that time. So I guess we don't have to sort of sit down all the time and say to her, hey, you know, like what was happening with Louis, now you've got your time. We, we don't sort of do that. We'll, we'll sort of just say, okay, Louis's gone to bed. What do you want to do now? You know, or but if there is a mm. lesson to be learnt in it, like if she's come over and she's been destructive or she's hurt Louis, then we'll sit down and say, Hey, look, mummy and daddy just had to give our time to Louis because something was going on or because he's he's needing us or he's needing mum. You know, it's not really nice when you come over and doing X, Y, and Z to him. But, you know, like let's Ooh. have our time now. So it just depends on on what's happening in that moment, you know. But it's a constant battle. It's hard because that is it's always in the back of your mind. Well, it's hard. There's a certain look. I don't know what's going on behind that look, but she she's pretty good. Like she loves Louis. You know what I mean? She loves cuddling. I mean, she loves loves being there. There's not this sort of like hatred. She'll sort of get over it quickly. Like kids get over things pretty quickly. And if I think. If you do explain yourself, like Violet's good, if you explain yourself to her, she's sort of like, mm, she takes it in and she thinks about it and then she's like, okay, move on. And so, yeah, look, it, it's not, I think, I, like as far as kids go and coming up, growing up in a, in a family of four boys, three older brothers, she she loves him and she truly does. They do have a bond together, which is great. And, and so she's not... There's no, there's no real sort of separation between them. They're always doing something together. So from the moment he wakes up, she'll go mm. like this morning. She went in, Louis awake, Dad. Louis awake. Goes in and and Louis looks at her and massive smile and they laugh at each other. You know, like I've never heard Louis laugh more with Violet than without mm. Violet. Like cackling laughter. It's mm. it's really it's beautiful. You know, so. They love each other and, and we, we're, we're just trying to foster that. Now, I know I am. I'm trying to sort of hopefully keep that gel together because I want them to, to be pals growing mm. up, you know. So, and mm. you, you just got to do your best. That's all, I guess. What do you think? <laughs> so, uh, here's, here's uh, one thing, uh, uh, Scott, uh, that I'd like to ask and then I'll share my. Uh, you know, my insight into this uh, question yeah. that I asked you is I heard you say that, uh, you know, your bonding with Violet is of a different kind and it's, 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 it's special. And you also mentioned that Louis is more bonded with Charlotte and mm. that's a different kind of a bonding. So is this something that you have uh, made to believe yourself or is it that uh, apart from the factor that you have felt it, 
have you heard people from your family and your friends say that oh you two make such a good father and daughter combo oh you two make such a good mother and son combo have you heard that from the outside or is this just a intrinsic story that uh, you have uh, built for yourselves bit of both so like i know charlotte will, <laughs> charlotte talks about me and violet like and 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 our connection and and violet's talk about dad and and my feeling of it you know what i mean like there's just there's just a certain mm. feeling there's certain times where you just like and for both kids you know certain times where you just like i'm so in love you know you can you can just feel it and, and i'm sure you know that feeling too so yeah th- i think there's a little bit of both in that mm so uh, the reason why i asked you this is uh, scott and these uh, questions also see it's mm. so complex to it is. Uh, be uh, to be a sibling and to be a child loved more by one particular parent and that mm. being obvious uh, to the other uh, uh, child or that being obvious to the sibling and right now it's too early for the kids to like you know be vocal about it but yeah. uh, looking back at my own childhood uh, looking at uh, looking back at my own growing up years with my uh, sister i always i always feel that somewhere my sister my younger sister she's 8 uh, years uh, you know there's a 8 year difference between me mm. and her uh, so there there are times where she has felt that a lot of privileges were given to me sure right so i was sent away from home uh, to study in a college where i could be by myself away from home away from parents and i could stand on my own feet kind of a thing whereas she felt that she was deprived of that opportunity for obvious reasons in india the culture being that uh, uh, girls are protected more girls are uh, you know um, kept in a very uh, safe environment uh, and mm. so that uh, you know that conflict was always uh, yeah. there for her and now when i have my uh, child with me when i have adira with me is when i realize that even when you are not being with your child for say 3 or 4 hours you focusing on your work it mm. is like you're favoring someone else favoring something else than me so the same question can arise even if you're having a single child yeah right? definitely because the kid will feel yeah. that uh, you know my dad or my mom uh, they love their say for example they love this podcast too much they are spending too, too much time recording the podcast <laughs> they don't give me any time and uh, yeah. i don't know or, what to do uh, or they love or yeah. they're spending too much time together right like you you and and ash are spending too much time together yeah. because you you need that time too yeah. so that that can arise too yes and uh, that's a very good point that you pulled up scott so uh, there are times where uh adira really gets jealous of the fact that i'm having like this mature uh joke time with ashwini or i'm having a <laughs> adult fun time with ashwini where we are cracking jokes or we are we are speaking about something that we encountered uh in our job or something that we encountered when we were uh, shopping this morning or whatever which mm. she wants to be a part of but she knows that the uh, the uh, what do you say the content of this conversation is not meant for her <laughs> Her. yeah so yeah she feels yeah. really jealous so she yeah. really comes to comes to me and says that acha why aren't you sharing this with me i also want to know about it why aren't you sharing this with me? so 
yeah so it it, it is a catch 22 situation and yeah. it is a very thin fine line or i would say a thin fine sharp sword that we are walking on every day at least till the time they are 18 till yeah. the time they can take decisions on their own uh, mm. we have to play a balancing act of showing that they are loved uh, and not just showing but also telling them constantly that they are loved uh, out mm. Uh, what do you say i would like to share one small um thing that i constantly do uh, on a regular basis which is uh you know being vocal about the fact that i love my child mm. so uh, just uh, last week uh, we were back from a holiday that we had uh, we drove down from here to uh, windsor uh, ontario windsor we drove down from there to stratford and then we came back uh, back to toronto Uh, so during this entire journey of 3 4 days my daughter is uh, sitting alone in the second row of the car and me and my wife of course i'm driving and my wife is in the passenger seat so mm-hmm. there were times where i i personally felt as a dad that i should have been with her in the second row putting my arms around her and she resting her head on my shoulder and she seeing those big windmills and seeing the uh, you know the cattle and seeing the horses uh, uh, grazing in open fields um i felt that so whenever i used to feel that pinch in my heart i used to uh, just reduce the volume of the music that was playing in the back backdrop and i used yeah, to say yeah. adira i love you adira i'm just i i'm 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 just pausing to tell you i love you and <laughs> immediately she uh you know she responds acha i love you too so a constant reminder that she is not alone or yeah. she is being uh, loved i am vocal about it but this is not like yeah. i'm forcefully you know uh, mm. cementing it on her i feel it from my heart so when i yeah, feel yeah. it from my heart the moment i feel it from my heart i just vocal about it yeah yeah and it's that's it's just being authentic right it's all we can do it's yeah. i think yeah. i think that's yeah. all we like you can try all the techniques you can try all the stuff you know we've talked about this before you can try all the stuff that that people talk to you about but all the best job that we can do is just to love our kids in whatever way that is yeah. you know and so just trying to be as authentic as you can and that's that's all the kids want at the end of the day just to be loved <laughs> and you know for, yeah. with with having two kids it's really important for me and maybe for Charlotte too, I can't speak for Charlotte but it's important for me to just mm. when i'm with one child that's where my focus is you know and then you you're putting everything into <laughs> yeah. that one child you know which is really hard one, sometimes because yeah. charlotte will run in uh, violet will run in and want to join in or the other way around louis will be crawling on me wanting to join in but it's just yeah it, it's just focusing and just making sure that you're loving them both you know because it's that, like i was saying before in terms yeah. of a relationship when mean when me and Charlotte before Louie was around it was just me Charlotte and Violet and Violet would get jealous mm. she'd look at me me and Charlotte would go for a walk and me and Charlotte would hold hands and then she'd look at the hands and she'd go <laughs> run over and she'd come in between us both and hold each other's hand yeah. you know and so there's always yeah. this like what about me you know there's this there's this sort of i guess wanting of attention and love from you know so you, and that's kind of part of why we so, like okay should we have Louie you know because we want to give her a sibling and so 
just to end the segment, uh, uh, Scott, there's this mm. there's this viral clip of the uh, the cult and the amazing stand-up comedian called Russell Peters, and he has this small segment where he uh, does this small skit kind of a thing where he's talking about favorite kids and parents. So mm. he's he enacted this particular thing. I'm just uh, you know presenting it in a, a completely different way. So sure. there's this there's this parent sitting on uh, the couch on uh, in the living room, and uh, the uh, the kids are in the bedroom upstairs, and the parent hears a big thud. You know, so if it's your favorite child, if you're having two two kids, if it's your favorite child. The parent will run, tuck, 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 tuck. what happened? What happened? What happened to you? You know, you, you'll be like genuinely worried and you'll, you'll run. So if yeah. it is your not so favorite child and the sound comes third, the parent is like, what did you just do again? <laughs> Didn't I just tell you? Stop so that. there's no concern. There's no worry. There's yeah. no worry. It's just, you know, so uh, coming... Coming to the point that you will love both your child equally. We all will love our children equally. But of course, there will be one favorite. That a tendency. That's the undeniable. Yes. That's what it is. Scott, let's go your next. Yeah, cool. Now that was, that was good. Um, yeah, well, we're, you know, I'm in my glad rags because we're, we're sort of, after this, we're heading over to our, our friend's place who've got a little daughter. Uh, Fia and we're gonna babysit, mm. so they're gonna go out and um, see Oppenheimer uh, today. So we're heading over to mm. their place with the kids, looking after Fia, and then tomorrow they're gonna do the same for us. So they're gonna come over here, look after our kids, and we're gonna go see Oppenheimer. So we've we just probably about I don't know we've been talking about it for a little while, but we're like, man, we should just do like a little family community friends community thing where we look after each other's kids once a month and you go out and do whatever you want to do go have dinner whatever you know go see a movie do whatever you need kid free and so we're like yeah yeah yeah, we should we should do it we should do it then a couple of weeks ago i just went nut. let's lock it in when oppenheim was coming i was like really keen to see it but how are we going to do it and so we sort of put the <laughs> the word out there to our friends, and they're like, "Yep, let's do it." You know, so we're um, yeah, I think it's a good idea because like the grand, we can ask the grandparents, but you know, like again, they they sort of have their thing to do. So I, I just think it's a nice thing to do with your friends and to create that little sense of community and and, and that kind of thing. You know, so it's going to be good. Mm. It's just like Oppenheimer's three hours, so it's it's a journey. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's mm. gonna be good fun. Um, and so yeah, I guess thinking about that, Prashant, like I know you've you've moved away from your homeland. You're in a new country now, and so have you mm. found some sort of little community that can build in there? And and you know maybe down the line this this sort of thing can happen to you, or do you even want to do that? Or like what 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 are your thoughts on on building that sort of friendship community with the family? Uh, yeah, that's a that's a super uh, good uh, question and an insight into understanding how we as adults uh, want other influences uh, entering into our house, uh, into our children too, right? So that that also mm-hmm. is uh, uh, something to look into. So uh, for for us, 
as such it it is a completely new culture it's a completely new idea uh, to have someone over or for that matter even to have a nanny over because if we were in india mm-hmm. typically our parents would have been there we call our parents and they just uh, you know uh, spend time with uh, the kid and and for some odd reason this is the time the kids enjoy the most where mm. parents are not there because there are no rules grandparents give them full free <laughs> hand and can be and, and sugar and want. ice cream yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah here here i've realized one thing is the culture is so different uh, not just because of um, you know the ethnicities or the race or whatever it is also because of the uh, the dietary complexities the food complexities the kind of uh, allergies the kind of uh, uh, you know like slight health conditions that kids have so how easily okay. the kids will mingle or how easily the kids will mingle with uh, the adults this is something that i have observed from a distance i have not personally experienced it but i have seen it from a distance where some of the parents uh, of uh, my uh, Uh, daughter's friends they take extra care and extra precaution saying that my child has x y z uh, mm. you know allergies allergens or not allergens allergies and allergies, yeah. she does not she does not have this kind of food and she does not like this uh, kind of uh, things around her so then you're confused right so then yeah, you yeah. want to take up the responsibility to uh, you know have uh the kids over would you want to take such a big responsibility because you're not prepared for it um mm. uh, but definitely it's something that you would like to uh try and you would like to um experiment and learn with maybe one kid at a time so yeah. so here's the yeah. thing i want to ask you scott so when you are going now uh for a movie you're 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 stepping out for a movie today so what is the checklist that you have made about your kids that you're going to hand over to your friends saying that if this happens this is what you have to do uh, louis mm. has this these issues and this is how you tackle them or louis is very mm. good with this and this is what you need to do to make sure that louis is in this state so what's what what's mm. the preparation you have done uh, if any it's very simple charlotte gives all the the preparation <laughs> see see seriously Charlotte, because she wear that wear that jacket and just I just I gotta get dressed exactly. <laughs> I've just got to look good, and then get in the car and turn the car on and drive. Uh, pretty much, because eh? yeah, like Charlotte knows knows the ins and outs of it all. You know, like, mm. and if it was me doing it, I'd be like, all right, shit, I've, I've got to scramble here. Okay, what do we need? Uh, I've got to get some formula. I've got to make sure you know the clothes are here. I will yeah. basically <laughs> I'll probably get Violet ready, grab some clothes and we just make sure they got, you know, a spare pair of clothes, um her bags packed, some mm. food, that kind of stuff and then mm. Charlotte will know exactly like the the bottle and all that kind of stuff we're taking the pram, all that kind of stuff, you know. So Charlotte's all over that <laughs> all over <laughs> that for sure. Um and you know, it's it's kind of I guess we don't for me anyway I, i i don't have i'm not that sort of person i won't have a checklist where i might mm. tick this off tick that off tick that off i'll just sort of go by memory and what i think on the day and mm. it'll all be good you know what i mean they'll work it out it's all good so yeah. <laughs> and i guess yeah it's just it just comes down to food but yeah it's all mm. good and actually the other thing too is just sleep so we're like mm. okay what do we do about louis sleep um so we're taking the pram 
So you know, if he doesn't sleep at their house, we'll just chuck him in the pram and then he might go for sleep because their daughter, Fia, she she loves sleeping in the pram. So that's that's a mm. way around it. So I guess logistics, you just got to be like, okay, we'll try mm. this, but if that doesn't work, what next? And mm. you just sort of run through things, you know, that way. Um, <laughs> but interestingly, I like what you said before. Like I'm interested to hear about this dietary requirement. So you're saying back home, in India, it's very different from Canada where there's lots of allergies and that kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. What, what is that difference, do you think? So here, uh, one of the uh, biggest uh, dietary red flags is everything has to be nut-free. You know, any mm. snack, any food or whatever has to be nut-free. Most of the uh, stuff that you get apart from these typical uh, South Asian and Asian and Chinese uh, uh, food joints, which are there, uh, like restaurants which are there mm. outside of them all the other places all the other food joints they are explicitly nut free you know you will not get anything that's laden with nut right mm. even for that matter even uh, some starbucks uh, have got exclusive uh, nut free uh, bakery and condiments kind of a section uh, um, for them so for us as a family we are from India and we we just mix and match all kinds of nuts and yeah. different kinds of nuts like peanuts and we make peanut chutney, we use we make peanut curry, we we use all different kinds of uh, spices which are uh, which are nut based. So mm. um, it becomes uh, uh, you know a bit risky because it's not that uh, these kids have to be fed nuts to get that allergy, even if the presence or the powder of it is left over or it remains in your house. Some of the kids are super allergic to that too. Uh, wow. You know, even if you have, say morning, say morning you have had a, a, a pack of peanuts and yeah. afternoon you have this kid coming over and if you have forgotten to wash your hands and you just give a handshake to the kid saying, hey, welcome. And he uh, happens to, uh, you know, just it's rub that on his face or whatever. Yeah, they get like wow. uh, massive allergy attacks. Uh, um, some of them go into that asthma kind of condition where they yeah, can't yeah. breathe and stuff. So it becomes like really risky. Um, yeah, yeah. They, uh, yeah, so that Anaphylaxis is that. So now, yeah, so now the good thing with Adira is that she's, she's 10 years old. So all her friends who are there are, of course, in that same age bracket. So most of them, um, you know, practice that self-discipline. And they're yep. very clear about it. So before any food appearing in front of them or anything being offered to them, they ask the question. So their parents have tutored them well. Their parents have taught them well. So they ask, mm. is this is this nut free? Has this got any nuts in it? Has this got coconut in it? Or has this got a certain thing that they don't like in it? So they're very clear about it. So with mm. Adira's friends, these six friends, um, we have to be very careful about uh, how... Uh, well they are taken care of also because it's not like a blanket uh, statement like yeah, yeah we'll take care of your kids no we have to take care of whether they're going to eat something that's nut based whether they'll be having whether they'll be around any uh, allergens uh, in the place where we are going so it's all these tough. things have to be uh, uh, taken care of uh, not that again like you said not that we'll be having a checkbox but we have to be constantly alert and aware of uh, you know what is happening yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's that sounds pretty tough and, and sort of like a little bit 
yeah, you sort of be on guard all the time, I guess. So I yeah. guess in Australia too, there are lots of allergies that are popping up, you know, people like gluten-free or like some people are celiac. I don't, I don't know if everyone's celiac, but there's there's all these gluten-free stuff. And mm. yeah, a couple of our friends, of their kids have got um, allergies as well, like nut allergies mm. and stuff like that too. So maybe for another podcast, we can um, explore some reasons behind that or, you know, look at what, I wonder what that is, you know, like it would be interested yeah. to have a chat to you about that. Yeah. So um, in 2017, when I came uh, to Perth, uh, Scott, so yeah. uh, we had a stopover at, I think so, uh, Malaysia. So we had a stopover at Malaysia from India, yeah. uh, that's from Bangalore to Malaysia, Malaysia to Perth. So yeah. at the Malaysia airport at the, uh, I think so the Kuala Lumpur airport, I picked up uh, some snacks and all that stuff, right? So just as about we were uh, to land into Perth, uh, the air hostess comes with certain slips saying that this is the immigration form. You have to fill it and keep it ready so that when you're in the queue, you know, things just speed up, whatever. So in yeah. that, uh, there were elements written about cash. There was element written about, are you carrying any food? So we were not yeah. carrying any food. So I, I, I ticked no to that. But, I remembered after getting off the flight that I bought these packets of snacks, which was, which were, which had nuts in them. And one, which was like a peanut bar, like a protein bar, uh, which had peanuts and nuts blended into them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was so damn scared to go into that immigration (laughs) line where they check each bag, you know, they check. uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, I was so scared. So luckily, after I got out of the uh, washroom and just as I was about to enter the uh, the immigration queue or this check, whatever this uh, uh, department is, I don't know what this department is, but it comes under the uh, the immigration, security, yeah. environmental environmental police. We mean, let's call them environmental police kind of a thing. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, sure. they, they want to make sure that uh, you know you're not bringing any illegal stuff in. So yeah, yeah. so yeah. I was so scared. So there was this uh, luggage attendant uh, who was there, the luggage officer was there. So I pulled out all the packets from my pocket and I said, excuse me, ma'am, I have all this with me. Like, uh, uh, this is, these are packets <laughs> that I got from, and I'm, yeah. I'm doing all this. Nuts so she's and bars like, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she, she, I'm asking a question to, I'm asking an unrelated question to the most unrelated person on the job, you know? So she says, I don't know. You have to go in that queue and figure it out yourself. I said, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Then I asked her, can I at least throw this in the garbage bin? If I throw it in the garbage bin, will I be like prosecuted or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting rid of the so, evidence quick. Get him. Yeah. So, so she's like, um, I, you know, I don't know. So then I said that, let me not do it publicly, like where the cameras are seeing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like dumping it into the bin. I went back to the washroom. There were bins there. I just dumped it there and I cleared right. the security. So, oh, so, well done. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm giving this example because... It's a tip. Uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, many countries are sensitive to these uh, kind of topics where uh, allergens and um, mm. uh, uh, these... Um, uh, kind of what what do you say like dietary requirement Un- kind of yeah, related unidentified, things yeah unidentified plants fruits yes, yeah and nuts. fruit and stuff like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah. it can destroy their entire crops or it can destroy their mm. entire so we have to be sensitive to that too so if yeah. a country is doing at their level uh yeah. you know so 
parents also have to practice that when they go in a group uh, you know so that is something that i just thought of sharing yeah no it's it's interesting hey because yeah there's that there's a show in australia i think it's called border patrol that's probably that's mm. what they were the border patrol police right mm. so border patrol and they and they do they they have cameras set up for people like you prashant who come in and bring mm. things in illegally you know and so mm. you're lucky you weren't on that show for bringing in those, <laughs> <laughs> those bars so you're lucky you escaped i think you did well yeah and maybe if the border patrol guys are listening to this podcast i think so my entry yeah. into the country is also questionable now <laughs> yeah yeah true exactly they'll yeah. know who you are yeah <laughs> oh crazy so what what else do you have scott we got time for one more yeah yes let's let's do cool. it cool yeah yeah well i was listening to a podcast um last week um i don't know if you're familiar with louis thoreau oh um, not really okay so louis thoreau he's a he's a documentary filmmaker um and he's english i think he was born in the in london um but spent a lot of time in america and he, he sort of did a lot of these weird and wonderful wacky um documentaries about you know small town america um and he he's really he's a really unassuming um kind of a like a geeky kind of dorky kind of guy you know and so he kind of, he he sort of infiltrates these small town american communities where you know like let's say they're like far right wingers or evangelists and and that kind of stuff and he his unassuming presence is kind of it's this very neutral kind of ground that he sits on so he kind of flies under the radar in terms of getting into some really kind of sticky situations but yeah that sort of neutral perspective comes out and he's really good at, at getting th things out of these extremist views um that is so entertaining you know and so that's louis and now he's got a podcast series now it's on available on spotify and so he's he's great interviews a lot of good people and he interviewed one of my heroes nick cave and so nick cave uh, is a musician an artist uh, a writer um he writes scores for films and that kind of stuff as well so he listened to a fantastic podcast with him uh, and so nick nick cave he started off yeah in in a few bands he was sort of well known for the, his time in the birthday party and these guys are sort of early 80s um coming out of like the the punk rock era like post punk era they call it and they sort of moved from australia to london and wanted to sort of make a go of it over there but they were sort of disappointed with that that whole punk rock sort of scene had finished and that was sort of like okay what do we do now and so they 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 sort of moved i'm pretty sure they sort of went over to berlin and started a lot of um, gigs over there and they were labeled like the most violent band in the world at one stage right and so lots of people will come to their shows and some really sort of um I guess challenging stuff would come out right and so he was sort of well known for that and then he left that band and created his own band called Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and they was sort of they just flew just under the radar had a few you know sort of commercial hits and then just sort of sat underneath that commercial um music scene for his whole career right and he'd sort of come up again and then he'd go back down but he he does stuff his way 
and he's always he's never had a period of here here they are now he's dropped off the planet you know it's it's more he's just been creating for so long constantly and evolving and changing for so long and that's why i really like him um and so he had a really good chat with with louis and they talk about everything from um like he he's actually has a deep faith in in christianity and that also like it's it's really interesting because he a lot of his music would be about you would think sort of anti antichrist kind of stuff you know so he talks about it too he it's better to listen to the podcast to listen to his point of view because I'll probably screw it up but <laughs> he he sort of he believes in that kind of i guess there is something else out there and tapping into like a muse and those sort of whisperings and um, of things that sit outside of the human realm. And so mm. he has a faith in, in that whole Christian aspect. Like he even goes to church, but he doesn't view himself as a Christian, but he, he really enjoys that kind of, I guess there's that parallel between that, the way that he sees it as Jesus as this sort of, um, antagonist of like political antagonist or an antagonist in some way going against the grain and so he sort of sees himself that way as well i guess mm. um so he talks a lot about that and his struggles with good and bad and that kind of stuff and and what he would write about and then you know he lost his his 15 year old um child boy tooth in 2015 he died and so he talks about his struggles with overcoming the death of his son as well. So he had twins um, and one of the twins died. And actually a couple of years ago, one of his other sons from another marriage just recently passed away too. So there's lots of sorrow and despair and, and that kind of stuff. But there's also coming out of the other side um, of that despair. And, and he really, I guess, what's the word, exercises those kind of things through his art through like having a channel to get it out. And so, yeah, I guess where I'm going with this is that, you know, he, he makes challenging art. Um, it's definitely very challenging. And um, I like, that's why I like that because it excites me. The, the challenge of the art excites me. It's almost like, oh, I shouldn't be listening to this, you know, but there's that bubbling underneath the surface where it's really exciting for me. And so, yeah, I guess like to hear your viewpoints on you know do you what are your sort of views on art should it challenge or is it there to just pure enjoyment and not have to think about it or yeah where, where do you sit on that on that fence i guess yeah, before that scott you'll you'll have to repeat this uh, question to me because i'm going to uh, uh, you know just say the first hand uh, interaction that i had with uh, Nick Cave through his site, so I'm I'm on his site right ah. now, and, and I'm just going through his stuff. So as you were saying that he's he's a Christian at heart, but he does not practice whatever. So so right on his right on his uh, website, he has got this uh, merchandise store, and yeah. uh, on his merch store, the very second product that he's selling is called as a Devil Mug. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's the good and, and bad, right? No. Yeah, and and. Uh, <laughs> And then the other one he has he has got the other one is suck my D stickers. <laughs> <laughs> so 
and I was and as you were saying that like he's he's wow. uh, <laughs> he's he's a practicing Christian or whatever, and and I'm like on this merchandise side, and I'm like, is Scott talking about the same guy? That yeah, I'm is this the, actually like, Nick Cave? <laughs> you sure you got the right Nick Cave? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it is and and insane. So I went through his uh, profile. So his uh, uh, the music that he has done are uh, yeah. uh, the work is uh, really phenomenal. Uh, his uh, mm. library is really phenomenal. A uh, couple of them being he has scored for uh, the cult uh, Netflix series called Dammer, um, mm. and he has also done score for uh, a series called uh, Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not a series, I think. So it's a movie called Kings. Yeah. And um, and he has and a score band. recently for Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a band release. Uh, the band that you mentioned, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. He has released an album yeah. titled uh, Ghostine. Yeah. <laughs> so so he has done uh, some pretty incredible uh, work. Mm. I am going to uh, check into him and mm. um, uh, you know listen to his work because from. Uh, the first-hand glimpse of his writing and his uh, the work that he has featured himself on, it mm. looks like uh, he's very expressive and he's very um, uh, very selective about his uh, presence on other people's work also. Uh, yeah. So, going back yeah, to your question of uh, you know yeah, uh, going back to your question of art as a form of uh, entertainment or expression is is that what your question was scott yeah i guess it's more you know cuz cuz he comes from a point of challenging viewpoints challenging opinions mm. challenging beliefs that kind of stuff mm. you know it's not he's not in there to sort of be mediocre and to sort of dip his toe right. in the water a little bit it's like he's in there and this is this is him he's giving everything he's opening himself up and so that's what i really appreciate about him and and love about him but what, like, what do you think? You know, being an artist yourself and a um, musician and composer, do you like? Are, are you sort of? What's the word? Do you, do you see that sort of challenge of opinions and, and beliefs and stuff something that you look at, or do you just sort of make what you make and that's it? You know, like, yeah, or, so, where, where do you sit on it? Uh, yeah. So uh, that. That very question has been the entire conflict of my uh, music career because I compose for films. And when I compose Mm. for films, there are many stakeholders in the film. There's a director, uh, there is an assistant director, there's a sound engineer. There are many people who have got their uh, opinions around uh, the work that we uh, do and the work that we put across. Mm. So... I do tend to get stiff when it comes to uh, the fact that someone is trying to force their way through my creative work and saying that, you know, we need to change this entirely. We need to reproduce this entirely. We need to shelve this. Or why don't you create something similar to this? Here's here's an example. Listen to this. I want you to create something similar to this. So I'm not um, comfortable with this kind of a creative collaboration as such. Um, yeah. And that I was very clear uh, from my second uh, film. Uh, once I got in my second film, I understood that this this entire circus of film score is going to be of this kind. So I had to abstain from it. I had to move uh, from the rat race of being popular, being seen and choosing to be a bit aloof, a bit away from the noise and keep doing the work that I love. Yep. And 
let people come to me discover me understanding my sound understanding what music i create and right before signing the film i tell them that i do not do all these things the thing that yeah. i do you have you have heard my previous works but if you want me to do something for your film it be completely brand new it will be something that i have not done before that challenges me and mm. i'm not appreciative of uh you know you're trying to make my sound fit in to the current playlist or to the current queue of songs or sound that is released out in the world so i yeah, made yeah, this very clear it. so it came at a, yeah. yeah it came at a cost of that i'm not that famous or it came at a cost sure. that i've not made enough money uh yeah. but it came at a beautiful cost that i am the most peaceful and the most happiest and i'm and uh you know i get to choose what i work on so that's why just by looking at yeah, nick cave's uh, site and uh, you know the the work that he has done i mm. i think so uh, if i get a chance to meet nick cave it's it's going to be just plug and play you know we we're going to share yeah, yeah. the same vibes i i can feel that yeah yeah, um, yeah. And in particular, have a listen to the Blonde soundtrack because he, he, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis is another member of the Bad Seas as well. Mm. They just um, produced the score for the movie Blonde, mm. which is an absolute beautiful, beautiful cinematic experience. And so have a listen to that soundtrack and, and see what you think. It's, it's lovely. really lovely. I am going to check mm. this out. I'm going to check this out. So, uh, so good. Uh, I think so. This is the first time that uh, we had a discussion on uh, uh, arts, not arts specifically, Films, but music, music and mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We started with the topic of uh, films, and we ended on the topic of music for films. So yeah, that was a that was a beautiful uh, quick mm. one, uh, Scott. And uh, yep. hope you have I'm a keen great... to do that again. <laughs> yeah, and I hope you have a good <laughs> screening or uh, viewing of. Over-timer. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Did I, I? I feel that you will have to pull that uh, jacket off because it's going to get pretty heated and pretty pretty <laughs> tense in the theaters pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I reckon it will. <laughs> anyway, I'll report back next week too, and um, yeah, I'll let you know how it went and let the listeners know what my thoughts yes. on Oppenheimer. Yes, and I would let the listeners know on yes. the fantastic experience of watching. the epic movie called Barbie. yes oh <laughs> yeah yes so, indeed now uh, i want to i want to hear about it <laughs> like i will i will have experience a which is watching the movie in itself and experience b mm. which is watching movie with my daughter and six of her friends so yes uh, next week's uh, opening subject or opening topic is already set scott films exactly and and i yeah. think we should it should be mandatory to have Arthur's um critique as well i think that would yeah. be great yeah yeah we'll bring that in we'll bring that in too awesome scott this Sounds has been good. a, a fun filled one um yeah if you loved today's episode please drop in your comments please leave a review please uh, tell scott how amazing he looks uh <laughs> leave a comment on <laughs> leave a comment on this uh, video here Um, no pressure in the in the comments section and we will catch up with you next week ciao see you prashant see you everyone bye